Is it time to worry about the Baltimore Ravens offensive line? All that and more coming up next here on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, as always, for being here with us, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all podcasts and platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We're a five day a week Ravens podcast, Monday through Friday, plus bonus live shows and other bonus content here. Ravens and news analysis updates. We have it all here for you. So be sure to subscribe whether you're in audio form or in video form, it's the same show. So you can listen one day, watch another. You can do anything you want with that in terms of how you want to watch or listen to the show. Tell a friend, tell a family member, and whether you're an everyday or it's your first time into the show or is somewhere in the middle, welcome in and welcome back to the channel. We have a lot to talk about here today. As for the Ravens, it's their bye week. We're in the middle of, well, the Ravens are at least their vacation of sorts. It's a nice reset, relaxation for them. Get right physically, get right mentally. And the fact that it came now, I think is just about the perfect time. And it gives us here time to dive into different topics and take a general wider view, a general wider look on things. So I figured that we should talk about the offensive line today. It's been a huge talking point, specifically Ronnie Stanley. So we'll get into him, Morgan Moses, the other guys on that line as well. And about the offensive line, I mean, there is some there are some things that I think could be better. There are some things that are working well for him too. So we're going to look at the good, look at the bad of the O-line so far. Then we'll take a look at the Ravens and Chargers game, wrap that up as a whole. I know we've talked about it a bit throughout the course of the early week here, but just to put a bow on it, We'll do that. And then we'll look at some news, notes, and quotes. If you've been with me for a while here on Locked on Ravens, news, notes, and quotes was a staple of my early episodes, and it feels very nostalgic to bring it back. But again, we'll just get into general news. Tyus Bowser, David Ajabo, and talk about some quotes that John Harbaugh, Tom Munkin, Mike McDonald had to say. So let's talk about the offensive line. We'll start with Ronnie Stanley because I think that's the biggest story here, 100%. Stanley has struggled this year. It's no secret. He has not played well. I thought he was fine early in the year. But we all know what happened to him a couple of years ago. Seems like forever ago, honestly. But suffered the injury against the Steelers. Gruesome ankle injury, leg injury. And I don't think we've ever really gotten the full extent of the injury. But there were multiple surgeries, multiple years of rehab to get him back to this point. But Stanley's been dealing with injuries this year, too. He got injured in week one. He was injured again and had to miss some time. Came back for the Chargers game. But Ronnie Stanley... I think the injuries he's had this year have definitely taken a toll on his overall play. It's been hard for him. I think a lot of people have noticed that the base is not there, the anchor. And I think when he's talking about the worry on the offensive line, it's almost like, well, what do you do with Ronnie Stanley? Because it's so weird. It's, it's so weird to think this way. It's so weird to feel this way. But the weak link on the offensive line is Ronnie Stanley. And I, I never thought I'd be saying that. 
And it's, I mean, it's awful. It's, it's super unfortunate how the injury, I think, kind of, I don't want to say shortened his prime because, I, look, I think when he's healthy, he can be serviceable. He can be a good, a good tackle. And I think he was a good tackle in the early part of the year once he came back from the first injury. You know, again, he got injured in week one. It's just been tough for him. And the Ravens have high aspirations, high expectations, and lofty goals. And the way that Ronnie Stanley's playing right now, he is unfortunately making it more difficult because to me, and I've said this before, if you're an everyday, you know it, it all starts and ends up front for an offense and a defense. I mean, the offensive line is so key. If you don't get any push up front, if you can't pass protect, it your offense doesn't work. The, run, the rushing lanes don't open up. Your quarterback doesn't have time to throw. And we saw in the Chargers game, it wasn't really just Ronnie Stanley. Morgan Moses had some issues with Khalil Mack. John Simpson has been up and down this season. I think he's been better than what people anticipated. So I got to give John Simpson a shout out for that. He's, he's, he's a physical guy. The Ravens want to be physical up front. John Simpson is physical, but look, Kevin Zeitler, Tyler Linderbaum, those two guys have played well for the Ravens this season. It's not just all bad on the offensive line. Linderbaum has been awesome this year. Zeitler struggled early, but I think it, it was only a couple weeks. It might've only been one. And he's been lights out. He's been incredible over the past month, month and a half. So those two on the interior, they've been consistent. They've been good. But you talk about the tackle situation. Obviously, again, Patrick McCarry's had to come in and work at left tackle, at right tackle. And he's that versatile lineman that is honestly could start on a lot of different teams. The Ravens have the luxury of having him, as I call him, the super sixth man on that offensive line. But in terms of Ronnie Stanley, there are two ways you can look at it. Right now, I'm choosing to look at it as just a this season thing. I don't want to get too, too much into what, what happens next year, what happens in two years. I'll, I'll dive into it for a couple of minutes before we head into the second segment. But I want to first finish up about this season because the Ravens are going to be applying some tough defenses coming down the pipeline here. We know that. Their schedule is extremely tough, and we'll talk about it throughout the rest of the week, next week. It's the Rams, the Jaguars, the 49ers, the Dolphins, and the Steelers. Ronnie Stanley, if this Ravens team seriously wants to go far, and I think they can still do it even if Ronnie Stanley struggles, but we know that Lamar is the best in the NFL at making something out of nothing. If early pressure gets there, he can escape it. He can maneuver outside of the pocket. He can run with his legs. He can throw the ball. He can do so much when he gets outside and has to maneuver outside of there. But you want to have, because when Lamar is dialed in like, he has been this season. His pocket presence is incredible. Lamar's been a good pocket passer. This is not new. Again, there were all those narratives early in his career that weren't true anyway. But when Lamar is dialed in in that pocket, he can have three, four seconds, five seconds even, and just kind of scan, go through his reads, go, go through his progressions. He can dot receivers up. And it's been difficult because – We've seen on third third down situations, the Ravens giving up sacks and kicking themselves out of field goal range. And, and obviously, you know, Lamar has to throw those balls away. But Stanley's just been, I think, more of a liability this season than I ever, ever expected him to be. And look, we can talk about the injury. We can talk about why it is this way. But it doesn't matter why it's this way if the Ravens can't get the job done. At some point, there has to be production there. And the Ravens are not going to bench Ronnie Stanley. They're, they're just not going to do it. John Harbaugh talked about it. He said that the bye week's going to be really beneficial for him just to heal up some of those nagging things he's been dealing with. And hopefully that will get him some time to get the body at least as right as it can be at this point in the season. Nobody's 100% healthy at this point in the year. 
So he's just going to have to kind of deal with those injuries. But in the playoffs, like let's say Ronnie Stanley has a terrible game and ends up costing the Ravens. I mean, that's a huge liability. And so I'm not necessarily worrying about the offensive line. I'm more so worrying about Ronnie Stanley because Cole Jackson, who's the offensive line guru, put out the pressures that were allowed by the Ravens in week 12 against the Chargers. Ronnie Stanley was six of them. Six pressures for Ronnie Stanley. It, it really it hasn't been a great stretch for Ronnie this season. And, and Ronnie's awesome. He's a nice guy. I've talked to him. I've had him on the show. I'm rooting for Ronnie Stanley. But again, my job on this show is to be critical when it's time to be critical. And I can't just sit here and say, oh, Ronnie Stanley's having a great year because he's not. He's not. And John John Harbaugh admitted. I mean, he literally admitted in his answer about Ronnie Stanley. I'll pull up his answer quickly. But he said that it's going to be beneficial for Ronnie to get the bye. But he said, literally, John Harbaugh said it's not been great. And he said, I think Ronnie would probably tell you, he'd be the first one to tell you it's been not great. He needs to get stronger. He needs to get his technique right. He needs to get out and practice and keep growing back into, he's a great player. We wanted to get back into playing at that high level. So the Ravens understand what's going on. I understand what's going on. You understand what's going on. Everybody understands what's going on with Ronnie Stanley. It has not been good for the most part this season, and they need him. They, they need Ronnie Stanley. The rest of the offensive line, again, Morgan Moses has been, he's been good. He's been good this season for the most part. Week 12 was not wonderful, I would say. Khalil Mack definitely got the better of him on multiple reps, but he, he is definitely living up to that contract and more definitely outplaying his contract. John Simpson is giving better results than I anticipated, although it is up and down here and there. But the thing is, the pass, the run blocking, I think, has been pretty good. The pass protection has been a little bit iffy, and they're going to have to figure it out because, again, it all starts and ends for me as for an offense up front. So hopefully things can get right, especially for Ronnie, because they have some big edge rusher matchups coming up here. And even on the interior, I mean, they got to play Aaron Donald next week in that Rams team, Jacksonville with Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen. You have the. 49ers, we know what that defensive line is. Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, they just got Chase Young. They have guys there. And then you got the Dolphins who did lose Jalen Phillips, but they have Bradley Chubb and some good guys there. Steelers, we know what we know what the Steelers have. We know, we know who TJ Watt is, we know who Alex Highsmith is. So a very tough test for the offensive line is going to tell us a lot about where this team is. And it's going to be a big test for him for sure. Coming up, though, in the second part of the show, we'll talk Ravens and Chargers. Wrap up that game from Week 12. So be sure to stay tuned. We're about to get you on the show. First, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash. And I'm a big, big food guy. And when I'm watching a game sometimes, maybe the game goes to timeout. It's halftime. I know that's time to order in with DoorDash. And that's whenever the game clock stops, honestly. And for me, sometimes I'll go to get something to eat. There's nothing there. DoorDash has me covered with that though. And there are a couple ways you can use DoorDash. There are plenty actually, but you can order some pizza, wings, sodas, burgers. If you want that game day package from DoorDash, or if you're a snack person, I'm a big snack guy. You can order chips, dips, nachos, or everything you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash as well. So kick back and kick off with unbeatable deals and everything you need for the watch party or the tailgate. Get 50% off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you dial the DoorDash app, enter code LOCK23. Subjects to change, terms apply. Plus, you can get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash and get ready to watch your team win. Again, that's 50% off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you dial the DoorDash app, enter the code LOCK23. Subjects to change, terms apply. One more time, don't forget to Use code LOCK23, 50% off of the $10 value on your first order. Will you now have the Lord Ash app and spend $15 or more? Stop exchange terms apply. 
And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is awesome. If you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun. So me have having up to 25 times their money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less the projected stats, and place your entry. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. The league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So for example, if you're a big LeBron James fan, you could have LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo with three-pointers made plus receptions. And if you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like Raffin McMill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player access to the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LockdownNFL for a first boss match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LockdownNFL for a first about to match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're back. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher still talking with you here on this midweek edition episode. Ravens by week nine and three atop the AFC conference and picking up a big week 12 win over the Los Angeles Chargers 20 to 10. Now, it wasn't necessarily the prettiest game I've ever seen from the offense. The defense played lights out for the majority, but the offense, I'd, I'd say, inconsistent is the word I'll use for them. But it's it's interesting because Baltimore ran for 197 yards, but it felt like they weren't running the ball as much as I would have anticipated against a horrid. It was a horrid Chargers run defense, but they still kind of ran it 35 times. Now, a lot of that came as they were trying to ice the game on that final drive and as the game was kind of winding down. But Lamar goes 18-32 for 177, one touchdown, no interceptions. So again, not the best Lamar Jackson game we've ever seen. He also added 11 carries for 39 yards on the ground, but it was enough to win. I thought the Keaton Mitchell was awesome. Nine carries for 64 yards of all players with 25. I'm going to confirm this, but I, I did the research. I think it's right for players with over 25 carries this season. Keaton Mitchell is second in yards per attempt only to, I think Devon chain of the Dolphins, who I think he he and Keaton Mitchell are two explosive players, and they've shown it this year. So, and they're both rookies, right? They're, they're both rookies, which is awesome. And that's all qualifiers, uh, over 25 carries, which is so cool. Zay Flowers has the one rush for 37 yards late in the game, a touchdown. Now, there was some controversy over Zay Flowers going down versus not going down. And if you have an opinion on that, you want to put that in the YouTube comments, tag me on Twitter. Share your opinion on that. I I was surprised he didn't go down. I didn't think it was a, a huge deal, but I think you know what we see is players going down in that situation. You run the clock down, and that's the game. The defense was very vocal about not being happy with that decision. I'm sure they ribbed him about it, but I'm sure that was a teaching moment for Zay, where you know you you just go down. It's kind of not that it's almost like in basketball a, a little bit or it's, it's strategic for the, for the NFL because you want to go down and sure you have the ball and just drain the clock. So there's no chance of a crazy wild comeback, but in the NBA, when you're up by, I don't know, it can be whatever. If you're up big, if you're up by eight or two possessions and there are like 20 seconds left, you just kind of run the clock down. You don't shoot. Or if there are, 
29 seconds left. You run the clock down. You don't shoot. The shot clock expires. Kind of the etiquette thing. So but in football, it's a little more strategic. But there was controversy over, over Zay scoring that touchdown. Justice Hill, 5 for 31. Gus Edwards, 8 for 26. Now, Keaton Mitchell, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. What is that rotation going to look like? We're going to dedicate an episode to that either tomorrow or Friday, most likely. Maybe it'll be next week, but I, I do want to talk about it. And to dedicate some of an episode, or at least more of one, to talk about what the running back rotation should look like moving forward coming out of the bye week. I think that honestly, look, I love Gus. Gus has been awesome for them. He continues to be awesome for them. But Keaton Mitchell just has so much juice right now. He gives you the most right now, I think, out of everybody. And that's not saying Gus doesn't give anything. I think Gus gives a lot. But it that is more of a, oh, Keaton Mitchell is so good right now, and he's looking so electric. And the fact that you can maybe have a 1A, 1B of Keaton Mitchell and Gus Edwards, I might expect that coming out of the bye. And I mean, look, it's kind of what we saw. Keaton Mitchell, 9 for 64, Gus Edwards, 8 for 26. I'd expect somewhat of an even split, and I would not be surprised if in every game or most games, Keaton Mitchell out carries Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. I think that he, and it's it's honestly been such a fast ascension for him. And again, I, I say it every time. If you've been listening to me here, I was on Keaton Mitchell in the pre-draft process. I mocked him to Baltimore in multiple mock drafts. He was on my late round sleeper running back list. Like I, I wanted him in Baltimore and I know other people did too. And I think the people who believed in him then were, are now reaping those benefits, but it's been such a fast ascension because he started the year on injured reserve comes back, gets injured again, but showed flashes and continues to show them. So the fact that it kind of went like that for the Ravens is really interesting because I think it's, it might be what we see. Receiver-wise, Isaiah likely 4 for 40. He led the team in yards and was second on the team in targets with six. Zay Flowers obviously led the team in targets with eight. No surprise there. He also led the team in receptions with five. He had the only touchdown of the game. Odell, three for 34. Bateman, two for 21. Aguilar had a catch for 21. Keaton Mitchell had two for 25. Gus Edwards, one for 11. Lamar spreads the ball out when Mark isn't there. I think more. Zay eight, Isaiah likely six, Odell five, Rashad Bateman five. The ball gets spread out when Mark isn't there. And that goes back to last season when we saw Lamar do the exact same thing. And I think, look, you want to have Mark out there, but it is important for Lamar to get everybody involved. And I think he definitely did that in this game, even though, again, the yardage won't wow you or anything. That's what it was. But offensively, it just felt like some of the play calls were a little off. Felt like situationally wasn't great. There were some plays that weren't executed well. So it was inconsistent, but again, they ran for 197 yards and outgained the Chargers in a lot of different categories because the defense was so good. <laughs> I mean, the best defensive performance of the season, most likely in terms of the stakes of the game, getting a win before the bye, going back home on a high note. And the fact that for the Chargers, that was a desperate team. John Harbaugh talked about it. Desperate teams come out, they play hard, they want to win the game, and the Ravens' defense did not let that offense get mostly anything. Jadavion Clowney balled out multiple turnovers for him. Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen bringing the heat. Justin Matabike gets 10 sacks on the season. I mean, it was an all-around effort from this defensive unit. Brandon Stevens balling out as well again. So I was impressed. Travis Jones gets half a sack too. Roger Washington joins that sack party too. It was awesome. The defense literally, I mean, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, all fumbles, four total turnovers in the game. This defense, again, I've said it all week, has the potential to go down as one of the best defenses in Ravens history, and I'm excited to see how they round out this season. 
But big win for the Ravens. It puts them back at top of the conference for now. Now we'll see because the Ravens conference record is not as good as the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the Jaguars right now, but they will have a chance to uh, knock the Dolphins and the Jaguars down a peg with their conference records when they play them in the upcoming weeks. Coming up, though, in the final part of the show, we'll look at news, Nelson quotes, talk about David Ajavo updates, Tyus Bowser updates, and what John Harbaugh, Todd Monk, and Mike McDonald and more had to say. So be sure to stay tuned, plan to talk about on the show. First, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top three candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And for me, LinkedIn's been awesome. I've had a ton of great experiences on there. My friends have, my family has. It's really helped out me in a ton of different ways. And it's really important of having quality candidates to interview. And it's really easy to Find them over on LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Plus, hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write a job description, making the process even easier and quicker. Push your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to push your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back. It's our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here. Thank you so much, as always, again, for tuning in with me. The support's been awesome. The growth on the channels, the, the audio, video, social media, the, the rise has been awesome. And I really appreciate everybody and appreciate everybody for listening, watching, wherever you find my content, my work. I really do. It, it means the world to me. So let's keep it going. We're, we're rounding out the the episode here talking Ravens news notes and quotes something we did on earlier shows back a couple years ago and it's crazy how how I've grown as a as a podcaster and, and as a host and, and honestly as a person everything over the past few years so be sure to subscribe follow along in audio form video form the whole nine yards and let's continue building this thing it's been awesome but for the Ravens now this this next stretch, the final stretch, honestly, of the season, I, I call it the final gauntlet because it is that. I've mentioned it before. I've memorized those opponents by heart. I've said it so many times. Rams, Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, and Steelers. It's big, but we did get some updates from John Harbaugh about a couple of injured Ravens, a couple of injured pass rushers, David Ajabo and Tyus Bowser. Now, for Ajabo, John Harbaugh said that he had surgery on a partially torn ACL. So his timeline, I think, should be right around the time training camp starts. We'll see how the recovery looks. But it's it's unfortunate. You got to feel for a job who's played in five games in two years, had the Achilles injury coming into the league, suffered that at his pro day, his Michigan pro day. The Ravens get him in the second round because of it. The Ravens were mocked to get him in the first. A lot of, a lot of people thought he was going to go to the Ravens in the first round before his injury. They end up getting him in the second, but it's it's been tough for Ajabo to get on the field and two serious leg injuries, you know, the, the Achilles and the ACL here, that's rough. It's, it's going to be a, a tough road for him, but we've seen the flashes. We saw the potential and it's only been five games. It's a very small sample size and he still has a lot of learning to do, but I thought we saw some flashes early in the season from him and I was excited about it, but I don't know. I think the preseason was rough. I, we, we can all go back to that and remember just how rough that was. But the Ravens signed Jadavion Klein. They signed Kyle Van Noy. They have edge rush depth. And it's not like they need him this season. But 
it would have been nice to have him for sure. And Tyus Bowser, the other one, the Tyus Bowser situation has been weird is, is the way I'll put it. Just, we don't really, we haven't really heard a lot and it's been very vague. The updates we've gotten from John Harbaugh have been vague. It wasn't really any different this time around said that he's still working on it, still trying to get it up to hundred percent when it's ready. And if it's ready, he'll be out there playing. But again, it's just like, it hasn't been responding the way that it, has and I don't really know the extent of the injury at this point like I just I don't know it's been such a weird thing for him and there have been conflicting things from where he is from a standpoint of getting back on the field so if I'm looking at it I don't expect him to be back this year if he is awesome it's a great boost to that defense especially later in the season but I'm not banking on it I'm not expecting and I'm not looking forward to it I mean I'm looking forward to what if it happens but I'm not necessarily looking forward and saying, oh yeah, Tyus Bowser, he's he's gonna be back at some point. At this point, we just don't know. So I'm not I'm not putting all the eggs in that basket and saying, oh yeah, he's gonna be back because honestly, it's not looking like he will. But hopefully something happens, hopefully some sort of miracle, and he's able to get back on the field and give them that boost before the playoffs begin. All the coordinators talked, the head coach also, obviously, with John Harbaugh talking as well, talking about the traveling the Ravens have done, said he's really proud of his guys. And honestly, it's been a bunch of travel. And I think the bye week comes at a great time because not only have they played in these physical games, these tough games, they haven't had a break from that, but all this travel has been really tough for them going to London, coming back to Baltimore, going on the West coast, coming back to Baltimore, going on the West coast. Again, they're going to have to go on the West coast again to play (laughs) with the 49ers on Christmas. So so it's a lot of travel for them. It's been a lot of just back and forth and back and forth. So the fact that John Harbaugh did give his guys the week off has been great. And I think it's it's away from the reset. But he also talked about the challenges. And I mentioned this. I'll talk earlier in the week. I'll talk about it again here just for what John Harbaugh had to say. Said that for the challenges, they thought the first one, they got a pretty good spot. The second one, they thought it was a first down. And Todd Munkin kind of reiterated that and said, look, I wouldn't have called the play I called if I knew it was third down and short. He thought it was a first down. They all thought it was. Again, they just whoever it is, whether it's a guy in John Harbaugh's ear, John Harbaugh himself, they have to be more aware. The team as a whole has to be more aware of the situations they are in. John Harbaugh's a part of that. Everybody's a part of it. I'm not saying it's just a John Harbaugh thing, just an administrative thing, but John Harbaugh also cited the administrative issues on the kicks, the, the rushness of the play clock with Justin Tucker. He backed Justin Tucker. There's been a lot of conversation about Justin Tucker He's still the best field goal kicker in NFL history. He's still the best field goal kicker in the NFL. I, I don't I don't doubt that. And it's not like Tucker's been horrendous this season. Has he been worse than his usual self? Yeah, we can admit that. But I have confidence in him still. If there's a kicker I trust in this league, it's Justin Tucker. And it'll always be Justin Tucker as well. But I think it's interesting because for the Ravens, John Harbaugh also talked about Isaiah Likely a little bit and said that he did a great job and talked about the things that he's seen from practice and training camp from him, but he got the opportunity, but I think we saw him in like a a burst. We saw him get all these targets, all these receptions, and it didn't really feel like we felt him as the game went on. I felt like it was very early, and then after that, we didn't really see a lot of him as well. And Todd Munkin also, for the record, weighed in on Ronnie Stanley, and he said that, you know, it's more of a question for Ronnie about how he's been dealing with the injury, but he said he's trying to work through it, coming back for the team, and each week he's getting stronger, he's able to fight through it, but gives him a lot of credit for everything that he's been able to do. And then for Mike McDonald, he had 
a, a lot of praise for his defense, obviously. Arthur Millette is somebody that <laughs> he's been incredible this season for him. And he's competitive, brings a lot of energy, and he executes. And Mike McDonald had a lot of praise for Millette, Michael Pierce, Patrick Queen. The whole defense, honestly, is playing awesome. But he said, like, calculated aggressiveness in the situation where you blitz Millette off the edge to force a Justin Herbert incompletion. He throws Michael Pierce back in coverage. He said, we're trying to throw our fastball. We talk about how we, we want to be going forward and staying aggressive. That was the call. And you get the call in fast and the execution is there. And McDonald has that calculated aggressiveness to him. The personally, I just love, I think it's a really cool aspect to his game. So Baltimore, again, nine and three top of the AFC. We will see how the rest of the season pans out for him. Even though it's a bye week for the Ravens, not a bye week here for us on locked on Ravens. That's all I have you here today on this episode though. Coming up tomorrow, you know what it is. There's more Ravens content. Again, be sure to subscribe, follow along in audio form, video form, the whole nine yards, subscribe on subtext. For more exclusive Ravens content, Ravens content always here on Lockdown Ravens. So be sure to stay tuned. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.